Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Sabbath School Quarterly Podcast. I am Courtney Tyler, and I am a chaplain and Bible worker at Tweed Valley Adventist College, and I'm here with... Hey, guys, my name is Shannon Duke, and I'm also um, working in the same area with Courtney, and I am a local missions volunteer in the Moolumbai area. So, yeah, we're excited to get into the lesson today. Yeah, this week's lesson is about the Everlasting Covenant. It's lesson number three in the Deuteronomy quarterly. And yeah, like Shanna said, we're excited to discuss God's word with you today. Before we go any further, though, we might say a prayer. I'm just wondering, Shanna, if you'd like to pray with us. Sure, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just pray that you will be with us and guide our discussion and the thoughts that we have now. And please, um, yeah, bless this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're just going to jump straight in to kind of day number one. And I guess as we head into that, I would really love to say that the structure of this book, the lesson points out of Deuteronomy is actually patterned after the structure of of covenant treaties. And I think that's really powerful. And we'll unpack that as we go. But it's really clear as you look at the book of Deuteronomy that this is Moses' intention to highlight covenant. And it comes out all throughout this lesson and this quarter, really, that's the theme we're looking at. Mm. Um, But that sets the scene for us. And I know in the past lessons, they have covered the lead up to Deuteronomy and some of the themes that are coming out. And I think that we're going to just enrich them today as we discuss. So day number one, I saw two things. I'm going to just share this, Shanna, and then I'm going to hand it over to you. But I saw the two components come through is everlasting, which means it's just been there forever. Like this covenant, whatever it is about it, isn't changing. Everlasting. And we'll talk about that more at the end of this podcast today. And the other one is covenant. And so we're going to unpack those two words a lot. When I think of covenant, I guess I think of relationship. And that's going to be what comes through really strongly today. And that is that God, out of his saving grace and love, offers us something that we didn't deserve. And it's our connection with him and our response and our choice to love him back. And so that's going to come through a lot today. The lesson highlights the Abrahamic covenant to begin with. And as was discussed, I think in the first lesson in this quarter was Abraham's call to leave his home, his everything, to get out and to go and follow God to the land that he would be shown. Didn't even know where he was going. And he had to trust God in that. And the story continues with the promise of a blessing that God would make a great nation of him. And so that verse comes out in Genesis 12, um, 1 to 3, right here in day. But what I would really love to discuss is actually Genesis 15, um, 5 to 18, which is the story of the covenant that God makes with Abraham. Okay, so we're here in Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. I think are the two verses that we want to pull out the most. And it says, And he, God, brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And it's two simple verses right here. But we have a promise just being made right in front of us. Two very simple verses. They're not long. They're not complicated. God brings him outside, tells him to look at the stars Okay, that's what you see is going to be. And Abraham believed, a simple response to that. He believed and that was counted to him as righteousness, which I think is pretty cool. He doesn't make it complicated. He doesn't make it a hard thing. God just says, hey, this is what I want to give you. And you say, yes, I want to accept that. Hmm. Took him at his word. That's what you're saying. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Took God at his word and, and that was what justified him before God. Very true. And what we see as that story continues is that God puts around that as well 
I remember actually reading this passage as a young child in my Bible, like the first time trying to read and just being so confused about what was going on here with um, the animals being cut in half and that kind of thing. I was just like, what am I reading? But now as an adult, I really see the beauty in this passage and the symbolism. Yeah. So you're referring to how they actually sealed that covenant yeah. deal. So yeah. yes, he believed. And yeah, but then it goes on to explain in the following the, the sacrifice that he made to just prove that, yes, I'm definitely going to believe. I'm not just, you know, saying it flippantly. Yes. This is, yeah. My, my word. Yeah. And what's amazing about what happens next is that Abraham has no obligation to walk through the covenant process here that happens where in, in old ancient times here, they would cut the covenant. That's what it's called. The cutting of the covenant where they would actually, yeah, do this thing with their animals and then they would both parties would pass through to symbolize that so be it done to me if I don't keep this covenant. But here in this story, Abraham isn't the one passing through. It's God and and God God passes through with no expectation. Well, Abraham doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. God does that and says, so be it if I don't keep both ends of this covenant, basically. A a promise that Christ will be the fulfillment or the the one who's cut on behalf Mm -hmm. of us. And I love that picture that we're going to learn more about in Deuteronomy as well of God's outstretched arm. Yes. And so we're going to see that all throughout the book of Deuteronomy is with an outstretched arm, he's going to save his people. And he's reaching out and we're like, oh, let's feebly try and reach up and we can reach. And that's when Jesus has to come and and fill that gap and hold God's hand that's reaching down to us. On behalf of man. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that totally what you said is that He's providing himself as a sacrifice to maintain the covenant relationship unconditionally because Abraham can't do it, we can't do it, and the fulfillment of the promise is found in the provision of himself. And that's so powerful. Yeah, and we see that like when the Israelites first get that covenant, they're like, all that you have said, we will do. Mm-hmm. But can they? Yeah. <laughs> they, they have to realize that they actually can't. Yeah. And they need both. They need the old and the new to be able to combine. Because if they thought they could do it all along by themselves, that's the old covenant. But when they fail in that, then they realize, oh, we need something different. And that's when the new covenant steps Mm -hmm. in. So yeah, the schoolmaster thing of needing to tie the two together. Yes, yes. And I'm going to come back to that verse later about the vow. Yes, God, we will do this because it is like a vow, a marriage vow. And we'll come back to that concept in a moment. And yeah, I guess day one was really about the covenant promises made to Abraham which, of course, Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's what's coming through very strongly in day one. And I guess the question that the lesson asked, which I thought we could discuss, is how is the gospel relevant in that covenant promise? We've touched on it, but is there anything else that stands out to you? Yeah, there's so much in the covenants when you're pulling them apart. But yeah, I was just thinking as well on that point of unbelief, like when we bring it down to today, like Abraham could have had a a stint of unbelief or he could have felt at that moment, God, you're really going to give me this many children? Like, really? It seems impossible. Yeah, he could have had unbelief. And I think we can have that today. And when we read the stories in the Gospels of, you know, the people they needed to believe for Jesus to heal them. And I think today that same covenant is we need to be praying, help mine unbelief, because Mm -hmm. we're not full of belief. (laughs) That's what gets us down most of the time. And so we're, we're having that same struggle that probably they had back in that day except for the faith that Abraham was, had was so strong. Mm-hmm. We have that same struggle. And so... But he'd, he'd managed to develop a relationship with God where he understood God's character and that the outflow of that relationship was obedience and yeah. trust. Yeah. And where, where that comes in is that we realize that we can't do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we're asking God to help that unbelief. Yes. Yeah. And we see, I guess, I love what you just said, help our unbelief. I was... A, in a conversation recently with other young adults and I guess the calling we have, the message we have to share. And what stood out to me is how can we share our message at this time unless we truly believe it? Like how can we 
convince someone else of what we believe if we're not convinced within ourselves. And the verse that came out to me in my head is Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Abraham had developed a trust in the word of God, which enabled him to take God at his word um, and believe it. And that's how he could believe. And it was accounted for him as righteousness. And that Which be- is from his experience. Yeah. And I actually made some notes in that as I was going through that. His belief was based on his experience, like I said. So Abraham sought to uphold his end of the covenant by obedience. So at Mount Moriah, he went and was willing to offer his Mm. son. He left his homeland, journeyed through Canaan, not knowing where he was going. He rescued those taken from Sodom. Like he stepped out in faith because he knew God had been faithful in the past Mm -hmm. and so that he could fully believe. Yeah, and that is so important to remember that experience and also that our faith is a gift from God, like that God gives us faith as we learn to walk in relationship with him. Yeah, there's also another link I see happening here that covenant and law keep being connected. This is talked about here in this day as well. Jeremiah talks about it and that's highlighted in the lesson. You can check yourselves, but also, yeah, it just highlights this relationship between covenant and law. And God says, I'll put my law in, in their minds and write them on their hearts and... I just was reflecting as I read that about the fact that God calls it the law of liberty in James chapter 1, mm. verse 25, and also the law of love in Romans 10, that love is the fulfillment of the law. And the fact that it's the Holy Spirit as well, I guess, that he promises to put the law in our hearts and the spirit in our hearts so that we can be like him. And it's going to come out later, but the law really is a reflection of his character mm. and the covenant is a reflection of his character the outworking of his character that he would be so faithful to keep both ends of the deal so obedience on our part is really just an out outflow of our love towards god that's all it should be with that verse in i think i've written here anyway about how if you love him keep my commandments like that's that's all it is i love you so i'm going to keep your commandments yeah not because do this or else or you need to do this because i said Mm -hmm. it's no i'm doing i'm suggesting this for your benefit Mm because i love you and yeah you just want to give back yeah, exactly. It's the outflow. And so I want to ask a question because we've highlighted covenant law, covenant relationship, all these themes to tie it all together to make it relevant to our time because this lesson is about present truth in Deuteronomy. How does the covenantal idea of the law and the gospel fit together in the three angels' messages um, and the final warning that we give to the world? I think it's a big question. We could have just spent the whole uh, episode talking about that, but let's touch on it. Can I throw in another verse before we yep. go towards the end? The end, like the end of the Bible and Revelation in Leviticus 26 12 so in the lesson it links Jeremiah 31 3 about I'll put my mm. 31 33 I'll put my law in their hearts and also Leviticus 26 12 yes. which talks about I will walk among you and be your God and you should be my people and that verse is actually linked in Revelation as well Revelation 21 3 which talks about the exact same thing and I just love how like the whole Bible inspired by the same God connects with so many different places mm. But yeah, just to bring back over here in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3, it says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Mm. That's the exact covenant that they're talking about receiving Mm. in the beginning of the Bible. And this is in the earth made new in the new Jerusalem. So it's everlasting. It's not yeah, changing here. It's there yeah. from from the beginning right to the end. And just how it ties in with almost the exact same words. Like God can finally fully freely do what he's been longing to do ever since sin entered the world. It's powerful. Yeah. Which so, kind of links it straight to the, the three angels messages with the end times and <laughs> everything together. That we have to share with the world. I don't know what stood out to you about the covenant and the law. The thing that stands out to me is what we've just talked about is the law in our hearts and upholding the law of God in a time when the rest of the world will depart from it 
because we know Sabbath and really to the rest of the law and also God's character. It's not just the Sabbath. The seal of God is the fact that we will have also characters like his to reveal who he is to the world will be spirit filled and that our lives will reflect him. And so it will be obedience to him, not because we have to, but because we get to and because we want to. And I guess some quotes that came to mind, there's one from Acts of the Apostles right at the beginning where it talks about how the church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. And it goes on to talk about how it's organized for service and mission and to carry the gospel to the world. This is the everlasting gospel, which is all intertwined into this topic. It goes on and talks about it. But at the end of that quote in Acts of the Apostles, page nine, it says that the church will be the final and full display of the love of God. And I think that's so relevant to the three angels' messages mm-hmm. is that we have a present truth message to carry that involves the covenantal relationship of God, the law of God, because it's so linked. And that would be displayed through us, not because we're like legalistically obeying, but because of relationship with him that compels us to share this message with the world. So Monday's lesson goes on and it highlights a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 9 and I might just read a bit of it. It says, It was not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in and possess the land. And the verse goes on and talks about the wickedness of the nations and that God would drive them out to fulfill the word that he promised to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And I think Monday we could spend more time on it, but for the sake of this, it's really highlighting the fact that it's not what we do, but everything he's done, the faithfulness of God in keeping covenant. They weren't given the land because they were so good, but because God is so good and because of the condition of the nations around them. And so over and over again in in that lesson, it just basically talks about how God remembered his covenant remembered his covenant and that that was what compelled him because God is so faithful Mm. to keep that for his people. And this was what I was going to come back to before is how they vowed to say all that you said, God, we will do because it goes on to talk about Sinai and Exodus 20. And I was studying this a little while ago and the covenant of the Ten Commandments that happens at Sinai. And really, it's actually a marriage. It's a marriage ceremony, if you want to call it that, at Sinai that takes place. He's given his law and to reject that deliverance and that covenantal relationship would really be comparable to marital unfaithfulness because God, he reminds them of his deliverance. You know, I am the Lord your God in Exodus 20 who brought you out of Egypt, you know, the land of Egypt and the house of bondage. And it's on the premise of this covenantal relationship that he delivers. But also, then there's an exchange of vows. Exodus 19 and 20, God's saying, you're mine, I'm yours. Here's the agreement, the vows of, of the law. And then it gives, it gives them the opportunity to say, all that you have said, we will do. Like an exchange of vows taking place here, where it's God coming with the law, the covenantal, I am your God, I've brought you out of Egypt, here's how to best enjoy your freedom because they've never had freedom before yep. and they don't know how to use it. And so God's like, this will be how good freedom is. And I feel like law might almost be like a word that is a negative connotation. But if you're doing any legal paperwork, you come with a piece of paper with agreements on yes. it. Yes. And so that's what God's coming with. Yeah. The legal paperwork to be yeah. like, hey, we can sign this off. Yeah. We can do this for your good. Yeah. And your freedom will be the best ever yeah. if you follow these commands and then they agree to it there's vows that take place here all that you've said we will do and it's just amazing to me really because Deuteronomy I guess again and again reminds us that they were called to obey what had been 
instigated here at Sinai where they vowed Mm. before God to keep it. And of course, we know that we never can keep the end of our deal in our sinful nature. And that's why we need Christ. But the reason why he offers this to them is because they don't know, like I said, how to use their freedom and he wanted the best for them. And it reminded me of a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 and 2. And it talks about how if you diligently obey the, the Lord your God and observe his commandments, And the verse goes on. It says, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. That's amazing language. Mm. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And my friend Blair always says that this, he says, obedience isn't why God blesses you, but how God blesses you. Mm. And that's always stood out to me because it's not, okay, good little children, here's your reward for being good. It's No, if you just follow this, I'm asking you because your life will be better and I want the best for you and your freedom. And that's what the covenant is actually about. Yeah, and so we have that happening in some with they're coming out of Egypt, they've been under a slave master, they're changing structure in their whole it's a whole paradigm yeah. shift for them, right? They they've come from a slave master to now, oh, we have freedom and so God's let's put boundaries in place, let's learn how to live the best life. Mm-hmm. And now we come to Deuteronomy and we that this is like Moses' mm-hmm. last appeal to yes. the people and guys, let's spur each other on. Let's let's keep following what yeah. God originally intended. Like we've done this for forty years in the wilderness now. Let's keep doing this. Remember what happened in the past yeah. to help us in our future. I love that thought. We're gonna touch on that actually in my notes right now too. It says in First Corinthians ten, all these things happened to them as examples. Mm, and they were verse. written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And so let's look back to remember to help us moving forward. So true. And also there was another quote that was brought out in the lesson talking about what they said and their commitment, um, talking about yeah their vows and how that ties in. It says here that they could not hope for the favor of God through a covenant which they had broken. And now seeing their sinfulness and their need of pardon, they were brought to feel their need of the Savior Mm. revealed in the Abrahamic covenant which shadowed the sacrificial offerings. Now by faith and love, they were bound to God as a deliverer from the bondage of sin. Now they're prepared to appreciate the blessings of the new covenant when they realize they couldn't do it themselves. So here we are in Deuteronomy and we're like, they've already said, all you've said we'll do back in Sinai and they've failed, they've worshipped a cow, they've done this, they've kept it, doubted, had unbelief. And so now we're in Deuteronomy and yeah, I just love how it's written here that now they were prepared to appreciate the blessings of the new covenant when they realized they couldn't do it themselves. So they're hearing this stirring message. They're hearing the commandments shared again. And they're like, we accept or we don't. We can't do it, but do we accept anyway? Mm. Yeah, we can't do it, but we realize we need him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is our story today. Hey, Mm. that never changes. Yeah. Wednesday's lesson. On summarizing Wednesday, I just put the words set apart. That's my summary for Wednesday. And really God warned his people, Deuteronomy 18 gets quoted here in the lesson, to be different from the nations around them, the abominations, it says, of those nations in Deuteronomy 18, 9. And to don't learn from those people mm. um, because you're different. Yeah. Not for the sake of being different, but because you have a purpose in your difference. And so God had called them to be a special people, to, to be a witness for him in the world that they came into. And my thoughts on that were very along those lines as well, but just paralleling Deuteronomy twenty six eighteen with mm. 1 Peter 2, 9 and bringing it to today. God calls us, if we choose him, and if we want to enter into that covenant, he calls us that chosen generation, that royal priesthood, mm. that holy nation, yes. that peculiar people. And so we can be part of this covenant today as we, like in John 1, 12, it talks about as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, as many as believed, believe on his name. Mm. And so just like they had that opportunity to accept that, we have that opportunity today to be that set-apart nation. Yeah, to accept the call. Yeah. And 
really it's actually again comes back to that vow like language because you've taken him as your god i think that's what it says up here in verse 17 of deuteronomy 26 today you have proclaimed the lord to be your god and because of that what follows is that you reflect him and shine and that's actually just very much a relational principle if you spend a lot of time with someone or especially if you're married to someone you can't keep that marriage secret it's going to outflow in the way you live your life and that you would protect that marriage at all costs and that you can't stay the same person if you're that closely connected and so that's the same ideally for their connection and for our connection with God is Mm. that as we've covenanted or we've entered that relationship with Jesus, the outflow would be that we become that special people that he's called us to be set apart because like Acts says it could be seen that they had been with Jesus. And just like to expand on that, like in that relationship, you influence each other, right? Yes. You're making that impact on each other's lives and you keep your individuality, but you're still influencing each other. Mm. And yeah, like we're still individuals, (laughs) but with God, he like helps smooth off those rough edges. And so, yeah, it's that influencing each other and, well, him influencing us and making us better and different people. Yeah. And I really appreciated the question asked on that day. It says, why is the idea of this day committing to God and to his covenant requirements relevant to us? I had a few thoughts on that. It's a daily walk. I was in a conversation with a friend recently who was struggling and just feeling quite overwhelmed with the perhaps place we are in earth's history like i'm not ready for jesus to come and i think we've all had those moments and the thought that came to me and i really believe it was the holy spirit in that moment it was just to encourage her philippians 1 6 says that he'll be faithful to finish what he started but it's a this day walk like you can't have your walk be where you want it to be unless you're doing the daily walk with jesus there's a quote that i read recently in desire of ages actually and it says a few things on page 355 but i'll read just part of it It says that the servants of Christ were to prepare no set speech to present when brought to trial. Their preparation was to be made day by day in treasuring up the precious truths of God's word and through prayer, strengthening their faith. When they were brought into trial, the Holy Spirit would would bring, sorry, to their remembrance, the very truths that they would need. Mm. And it goes on, but really just highlighting the fact that the this day thing is a daily walk. It's also that there's never been a more important time than now to share present truth. This day, it's so necessary and that the truth is Jesus. And I guess the person that he is, if we're going to follow the land wherever he goes, it's a present truth following. Like we follow him where he is today, which as Adventists, we believe in the most holy place of the sanctuary. So this day, choose him, daily walk. And that it's so relevant to the time we live in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar thoughts on that as well as I was, yeah, contemplating and reflecting on that question. But yeah, I'm just reminded of a verse that I memorized as a kid, which I really loved and held, held on to and shared with all my friends whenever I could. I was probably around 10, but I was sharing with my friends anyway. In Hebrews 4, 7, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Mm. Because if we're, we have that softness, that subtleness to the Holy Spirit speaking to us, to follow daily. then yeah, then we can hear him and we can we're not hardening our hearts. Mm. We're not turning away. We're just coming closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember always saying, hey, have you, are you hardening your heart today or are you choosing God? Yeah. And they're like, why are you asking me this? Yeah. Yeah. And that would come back to that covenantal relationship. Like mm. if you're walking with Jesus with that attitude of God, show me so that I will follow, not harden my heart. And then walking in the light that he shares. Yeah. Thing is, a marriage doesn't fall apart from like just one day. It decides. It, it's from a subtle breaking mm. down of connection yes. and relationship over yeah. time. And so same thing here. 
Like yes. Each day, are we hardening our hearts mm. or are we softening them? Yeah. Are we being influenced or are we not being mm-hmm. influenced? Because spiritual death happens one compromise at a time. Yes. Like the slow fade, you could call it. And it's so important that we, yeah, re- remember to keep that in the forefront of our minds as we walk with Jesus every day. Thursday's lesson really talked about different aspects of, you know, covenant is one way to look at our connection with God. What other things, Shannon, did you see that it highlights there? Yeah. So, the first section on the lesson where it talks about the different there's a couple of verses there from Deuteronomy that it pulls out and it talks about this relationship of God chastening so you should know in your heart this is in Deuteronomy 8 5 you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son so the Lord your God chastens you so a parent-child relationship this time not just a covenant marriage relationship yeah yeah and so we're seeing here like full love as well like in that other verse we referenced with God having an outstretched arm that's in chapter four has an outstretched arm towards us and here we have a chastening he's still outstretching his arm as he's chastening <laughs> like when he knocks on the door he's like as many as I love I rebuke mm. and chasten behold I stand at the door and knock yeah. I want you to be part of this still mm-hmm. that's in yeah revelation and yeah that is just such a beautiful imagery because he loves us he will correct us yeah yeah he's not just going to let us do our own thing no and flounder along and yes. fail yes. he wants us to succeed yeah and the other thing it was parent-child was one thing I saw. And then the other few verses, Deuteronomy 4, verse 20, and Deuteronomy 32, verse 9, is talking about how his people are his inheritance, which just sounds so beautiful to me, like this prized possession. Not that we're a possession, but the, the apple of his eye, the inheritance that he's longing to to have with him. Yeah, and on that, I was looking in Genesis, on the Abrahamic covenant, and apparently five times in Genesis, the promise is repeated to all nations fam- and families of the earth shall be blessed. So not just keeping it to his family, mm. spreading it to everyone. Mm. And it's like the same today as well. It's accessible to everyone, whether Jew or Greek, slave or, or free, male or female, we can all be one in Christ. And that's what God's saying here in 420 and 32.9, which you referenced is that he, he wants us to be his in, his inheritance. Mm, his people. And, yeah, I love that you said that his people are not just Jews or that it's actually anyone who chooses to enter that relationship with him. Right. Yeah. I think it's good, the lesson, and I'm just going to leave this rhetorical for us to consider in our lives and maybe something that you in your lesson studies at church this Sabbath can consider is what kind of relationship do we have with God? I think that's an important just reflection point to make is, where am I at with God? And when I look at what he's done for me, what he's done for us, it's good to just consider like, hey, do I need to take some steps to accept the loving advances of my saviour? Sometimes we don't even know. Sometimes yeah. we just live our busy lives and forget, oh, how is my view of God or how is my relationship mm. with God even looking? What is that looking mm. like now? Yeah. So yeah, to take that time to actually reflect on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, are we in survival mode or are we in thriving mode with, yes. with Christ? And I know sometimes we can be in any one of those places and it's just good to check that. The last thing that I wanted to discuss today was just to bring it back to the present truth kind of theme. I know we've woven that through our study today, but end time significance or present truth significance of this message is that it is an everlasting covenant. It's timeless. God, his message that he's called people to share all the way through. There's always been a remnant that has a message, right? You can trace that theme all throughout history, that we have this privilege of sharing this truth with our world. Revelation 14 says the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth and when we think of the everlasting gospel, hanging upon the cross, Christ was the gospel. We have the privilege of sharing with our world this message. There can't be any better good news than a God who 
instigates a covenant and then becomes a man to keep it because we can't keep it ourselves. If that's not good news to share to a world who needs good news and hope at this time, I don't know what is. Mm. And I just remember the pioneers as they went around sharing the present truth with the people back then. They got that poster made and they had all the little details on it and eventually, no, that's wrong. Let's get rid of that. Let's scrap that. Let's commission a new drawing. And so they do this new drawing and what do they put at the centre? They put Christ at the centre. Mm-hmm. And I think today it's the exact same, right? Are we putting Christ at the centre or are we putting these other rules or traditions, traditions, whatever we're putting there? Yeah. Is Christ at the centre? Is Christ at the centre of our message? Is his character what we're seeking to uplift? Is that what we are sharing with the world at the time when we need the three angels' messages to go forward because Jesus is coming very soon? Mm-hmm. And that's like so central to the three angels messages Mm. it's not oh let's tack that on it's the part of it fear god and keep his commandments like love god he's done so much for you he's giving everything he's outstretching his arm he's seeking you he's begging for you to come he's faithful yeah yeah and we just respond yeah i just pray that some of these thoughts today will be a blessing as you are either preparing to share a lesson at your local church this week or perhaps just listening in your own yeah may god lead and guide and i just hope that just reflecting on his faithfulness and his covenant has been encouraging to you on your journey god bless